This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome to Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly report from the Michigan Democratic Party. I'm Lavora Barnes. The word this week? Persistence. Think back to the first months of the Biden administration. The president had laid out a hugely ambitious agenda, an agenda focused on improving the lives of American families by growing the economy from the middle out, lowering costs for families, attacking climate change, and rebuilding our infrastructure to meet the challenges of the 21st century. In short, fixing a lot of the failures of the Trump administration. The critics said he couldn't do it with his razor-thin majorities in the House and Senate. They pronounced his agenda dead on arrival. He persisted. And he succeeded. He passed the biggest investment in America's critical infrastructure since the 1950s. He passed the CHIPS Act, spurring the return of computer chip manufacturing to the United States. He passed the first significant gun safety law in decades. And he passed the Inflation Reduction Act, a law providing historic investments in transitioning our economy by attacking climate change, a law that lowered health care costs for millions of Americans, and a law that guaranteed that massive corporations wouldn't be able to use the tax laws to avoid paying income taxes. Last week marked the one-year anniversary of the enactment of that law. To mark the occasion, your party brought together three leaders who have played pivotal roles in enacting and implementing that law. Two members of Congress who represent automaking Michigan, Debbie Dingell and Haley Stevens, and Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist, who is on the front lines of putting so much of that law into effect. All of them are committed to transforming Michigan's economy for the future and at the same time making sure Michigan's incomparable labor force shares in the economic gains that are being created. On this week's podcast, a discussion with all three on the anniversary of the IRA, what it has already accomplished, and what it will bring to Michigan in the future. But first, an update on some of the other stories on politics and policies we're following this week with MDP's Dorian Tyus. I'm Dorian Tyus. Here are some of the stories on politics and policy we're following this week. The FBI has joined an investigation into a barrage of threats against Fulton County officials in recent days, including members of the Atlanta area grand jury that voted to indict former president Donald Trump and 18 of his allies in a sweeping criminal case focused on alleged 2020 election interference. In the wake of a federal indictment accusing former president Donald Trump of attempting to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election, Americans 54 to 42 percent think Trump should be prosecuted on criminal charges, according to Quinnipiac University National Poll released this week. Independents support prosecution by 57 percent to 37 percent margin, according to the poll. Shelby Township Clerk Stanley Grock, one of the 16 false electors indicted last month for allegedly trying to subvert Michigan's 2020 presidential vote, faced a harsh public reception this week from several local residents calling for him to resign or face removal from his job, if even by a recall campaign. Several people who spoke at the Shelby Township Board of Trustees meeting demanded that Grotz step aside, saying he has, quote, shamed the township because of the eight-count indictment against him. 
The Republican war on voting rights continues. Republicans in North Carolina have passed election administration legislation that curtails absentee voting, empowers partisan poll watchers, and restricts private funding for elections. Voting rights advocates and Democrats have warned that the measure, which passed both chambers in the state's legislature along party lines, erodes access to the ballot in the battleground state. Democratic Governor Roy Cooper is expected to veto the legislation, but Republicans can overturn his decision because they have veto-proof majorities in both legislative chambers. Another victim of GOP culture wars, a Georgia school board voted along party lines Thursday to fire a teacher after officials said she improperly read a book on gender fluidity to her fifth grade class. The Cobb County School Board in suburban Atlanta voted 4-3 to fire Katie Rindler, overriding the recommendation of a panel of three retired educators. She had been a teacher for 10 years when she got into trouble in March for reading the picture book, My Shadow is Purple, by Scott Stewart at Due West Elementary School, after which some parents complained. The Arkansas Department of Education abruptly rejected AP African American Studies saying that the course may violate Arkansas law. In March, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, a Republican, signed the legislation which prohibits teaching that would indoctrinate students with ideologies, such as critical race theory, also known as CRT, or that conflict with the principle of equal protection under the law. The law, however, explicitly allows teaching the history of racism and public policy issues of the day and related ideas that individuals may find unwelcome, disagreeable, or offensive. The Arkansas DOE did not explain what in the AP African American Studies course constitutes prohibited indoctrination. The state of Michigan is spending an initial $30,000 on advertising appealing to residents in Republican-led states, attempting to woo them into moving to a state where their fundamental human freedoms are protected. The digital ad campaign, which launched last week, is being deployed in South Carolina, Florida, Indiana, Texas, Georgia, and Tennessee, according to the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. The ads, according to an MEDC spokesperson, Odie McKinney, are, quote, all about promoting people and personal rights here in Michigan, highlighting attributes of living, working, and thriving in Michigan. Bridge Michigan reports that some Michigan lawmakers seeking to reduce deaths stemming from domestic violence want to tighten restrictions on accused and convicted abusers to gain access to firearms. Detroit Senator Stephanie Chang and Saginaw Representative Amos O'Neill plan to introduce a pair of bills in September that will suspend someone's access to guns if they are convicted of a misdemeanor of domestic violence or subject to a personal protection order. Under the legislation, those subject to the ban would be prohibited from buying, owning, or transporting firearms for eight years. For more information on these and other stories, go to our website, partyonthepeninsula.com. For Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyus. Thank you, Dorian. Americans love the major laws passed mostly solely by Democrats over the last two years, but polling demonstrates 
that a lot of Americans don't know that it's the result of the hard work of Joe Biden and congressional Democrats. It's our job to help make everyone aware of why those roads are being repaired, why their insulin costs have gone down, why we have new federal programs to encourage energy efficiency and speed up the transition to electric vehicles, and why those new huge battery and computer chip factories are being built, creating untold thousands of high-paying jobs. That's why we brought together Debbie Dingle, Haley Stevens, and Garland Gilchrist for a news conference on IRA Anniversary Day this last week. I had the privilege of opening the presentation. Thanks to all of you for joining us today to celebrate the anniversary of President Biden's Inflation Reduction Act which has been a vital tool here in Michigan as we grow the middle class and ensure that everyone has the opportunity to make it in Michigan. To shine more light on the impact this law has already had in our state in just one year, we brought together some of our great champions at Congress and at the state level. I'm so proud to have Representatives Dingle and Stevens and Lieutenant Governor Gilchrist on this call with us today. Before I turn it over to them, I just wanted to emphasize that Republicans from the State House to the halls of Congress are working to stand in the way of progress here in Michigan at every step of the way. They have made it clear that no matter how many jobs we create, no matter how many businesses we open, no matter how much we put back in the pockets of the middle-class families, they're going to get in the way. The stakes of the 2024 election could not be higher. While Republicans descend into MAGA chaos and have no plan to help Michiganders, Democrats, from President Biden to our leaders in Congress and at the state legislature, are fighting tooth and nail to ensure that we build a brighter future for everyone across the state. With that, again, I'm so thankful for the leaders we have on this call today for implementing that vision so that Michiganders feel the impact. And it's my honor to turn it over to Representative Dingle. Thanks, Livora, and thanks for what you do every day. And thanks to everyone. I'm really glad to be here with my colleague, Stevens, and the Lieutenant Governor, who I work with every single day on issues that matter. And I'm in a Coronel project, but I'm on the way to the White House to celebrate the first birthday of the IRA. So today we are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act, the single largest investment in clean energy, environmental justice, and climate actions in American history. Just in one year, we are seeing the impacts of this landmark legislation in Michigan and across America and are taking important and significant steps to transition our country to a clean energy economy, all while investing in our workers and lowering the cost of families. And anybody who cannot see that global climate change is real, you know, we're seeing flooding in Michigan again, the horrific fires in Hawaii, with the wildfires on the West Coast, it's, we're heading into hurricane season. This is really an issue that's got to be addressed. The IRA has already created more than 170,000 good-paying clean energy jobs and is ensuring that our communities are stronger and more resilient to the effects of what I just talked about. One of the pieces of the IRA that I am the proudest of um, and is in the process of being implemented is the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, which is based on legislation that I authored with my colleagues in the Senate, Senator Ed Markey and Chris Van Hallen. Based on, it was based on the Green Bank model here in Michigan. The Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund's an historic program that'll help us attack the climate crisis head on by mobilizing public and private investment for projects that slash climate pollution in communities across the country. 
but especially underserved communities. And it's going to, at the same time, lower energy costs for families and create those good paying jobs we all want. Last month, I was really proud. The $20 billion from the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund is going to two different grant competitions to help get this funding to the communities that need it the most. And that it just, it really matters. Now, it's Debbie, the car girl, and we can't talk about the impact of the RA without talking about the auto industry. Now, anybody who knows me knows I'm passionate on this. Michigan put the world on wheels, and we will secede our leadership to nobody. And we're driving the future of mobility, and the future of mobility is electric. We're seeing that. We're seeing the governors doing it. We've gotten money into the state. We're building out the infrastructure, et cetera. To be successful, people have to be able to afford them. they got to have the chargers. We're getting the charges out there. We know that accelerating domestic electric vehicle development, manufacturing, and deployment is critical for addressing the threat of climate change. But we also want that production to be here, not in China, not in Mexico, not in any other country. So the Advanced Manufacturing Production Credit and Consumer Tax Credits in the IRA are helping to strengthen our domestic supply chains for EVs, bring those jobs home, and we're bringing down the how much it's going to cost a consumer to purchase the vehicle. We are going to continue. I'm working hard on it to make sure EVs are affordable and accessible, and then that we expand the EV infrastructure nationwide. Uh, it's critical that we remain a leader in auto innovation, and we are not going to increase our dependence on China anymore. We're listening. And I want to make this really clear. These are really challenging times. But by working together, industry, labor, environmental advocates, and the administration, and let me tell you, Ailey will attest to that, we're doing it every single day. We're going to meet our goal of half of the new vehicles that are sold in the U.S. by 2030 being zero emission vehicles. And we want to build those batteries in Michigan, in our home, at good paying wages so that people are making a living and can support their families. We are building them, strengthening the middle class in what we are going to do. You know, and I think that we need to remind people in 2021, there were already 120,000 Michigan workers employed in clean energy jobs. The IOBA investment across solar, wind, storage, and other clean energy industries will strengthen the entire industry for Michigan workers. And we haven't talked about how Americans are saving hundreds of dollars in healthcare and prescription drug costs. Thanks to the $35 month cap on insulin prices in the RA, about 5,700 Medicare beneficiaries in just the sixth congressional district are saving an average of $390 each year on their insulin. Okay, and I'm trying to be me and not too partisan, but I want to remind you that all the Republicans in the Senate voted against people only having to pay for $35 in insulin. And the 24,000 people who signed up for Affordable Care Act Marketplace Plan in this district are saving an average of almost $700, $690 to be precise, on their health insurance. And an estimated 673,000 Michiganders will save an average of $360 on prescription drugs every year when cost-reducing policies of the Reduction Act, like a $2,000 cap on the annual out-of-pocket pharmacy costs 
for Americans for Medicare goes into effect in 2025. Bottom line, Democrats' successful enactment of landmark legislation, including the American Rescue Plan, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, Chips and Science Bill, which sure Haley will talk about, is so important. And the Inflation Reduction Act are saving lives and livelihoods. They're helping foster a world-leading, record-breaking economic recovery. And you know what matters to me the most? We are positioning Michigan and this country to be a leader, to stay the leader in the world on production, manufacturing, industrial development, creating jobs. We're not going to let them roll back any of this because it matters. We're going to continue to address all of these issues as we move forward. And now I'm going to turn this over to my colleague, Congresswoman Haley Stevens, who I work with on these issues every day. Thank you. Thank you so much to my good friend who we have no idea where we would be without Debbie Dingle for just an amazing overview on what is an incredibly historic day. I truly remember this day so well last year when we were passing the Inflation Reduction Act and what it meant for our Congress to be standing together to lower the cost of prescription drugs to cap insulin for older Americans at $35 and to make the biggest investment in energy efficiency, the clean economy, and our climate in history. And Already a year on, we are seeing the tremendous and exciting and earth-changing benefits of this legislation. And there's no better place to look than to Michigan to see these transformations underway. Obviously, the day-to-day savings for individual Americans, Michiganders, is very pronounced and real, but also because we are the homeland of the in the heartbeat of the industrial sector, the automotive sector here in this country. And our automakers, our suppliers, been preparing for this pivot, this revolutionizing moment for their everyday work, which is embracing the clean energy economy. And what we got was real industrial policy for one of the first times ever, not legislating from a moment of crisis, but legislating to meet the charge of our time so that we can compete at global scale in that open, free capital markets can continue to win the day through American ingenuity, American manufacturing, and on. And already we are seeing the fruits of the labor truly the hardworking men and women who go in every single day to innovate, make, and produce, but also where our lawmakers, our Democratic lawmakers, stood up to make that investment and to achieve this partnership. These are growing at an exponential rate. Electric vehicles are on the rise. I just recently read a report that 300,000 new EVs were sold in Q2 of just this year alone. We have seen in Michigan almost 200,000 clean energy jobs created. Mrs. Dingle and I both have in our district the numbers, the thousands, several thousand already to date new jobs. Michigan is number 17 in the country leading the way. And these tax credits that are coming down to make sure that we have electric vehicle battery manufacturing production here in the United States of America, here in the state of Michigan 
is transforming the way that people view business. And you don't have to take my word for it. Take it from the stakeholders who came together to say, pass this legislation. Folks from organized labor, folks from industry, folks from the environmental movement. Ask Debbie Dingle. Ask Garland Gilchrist, when is the last time those groups ever came together around a big piece of legislation? But they came together because not only was this the right thing to do, but it's because it made sense. And it made sense for our current economy and our future economy. In order to continue to be global manufacturers, we have to innovate. We have to resource, we have to reinvest and reshore manufacturing. And that's certainly what's taken place because of the great benefits of the Inflation Reduction Act. The investments that we have made have already to get billions of dollars of capital contributions, a capital investments from private sector partners. So I am so excited to do this press conference a year from now because we will see more metrics, more success, and continue to double down on this incredible moment that we have had with passing the Inflation Reduction Act. And with that, I'm so excited to turn this over to someone I admire so much, a fellow, you know, a fellow Michigander innovator, our Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilcrest, standing tall and proud for Michigan. Thank you so much, Congresswoman Stevens, Congresswoman Dangle. Thank you for your leadership. Chairwoman Barnes, thank you for setting the stage and setting the table for this conversation. I'm glad to have everyone here to talk about this day, which really is an important marker on our march toward progress as a country. The Inflation Reduction Act being signed into law by the Biden-Harris administration that was delivered to the president's desk by Democrats in Congress. Make no mistake about it. When the question was asked about who was going to prioritize lowering costs for families, who was going to prioritize creating jobs in communities across America and across Michigan, Democrats stepped up and answered that call with a resounding, here we are, send us, we will do the work alongside the American people. And we are so proud here in the state of Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and myself, to stand with President Biden, with Vice President Harris, with Congresswoman Stevens, Dingles, and the entirety of our Michigan Democratic delegation who voted for this legislation and enabled the benefits that we are seeing, again, not only for lowering costs, creating jobs, for strengthening and having America be the global leader when it comes to responding to our climate needs and climate change and spurring industry that is really making Michigan a leader in the clean energy space. This is making a difference for Michigan families. Michigan families take pride when Michigan is a powerhouse and we are a powerhouse when it comes to the clean energy sector. We are now leading every state in the nation's clean energy boom, the clean energy boom that has been ushered in and accelerated by the Inflation Reduction Act. We just in the last year have announced 24 new clean energy projects within our state, $21 billion of investment that is creating good paying clean energy jobs across the state of Michigan. And over the last year, we've also seen middle-class families save money right here in the state of Michigan. Congresswoman Dingle alluded to, but I want to double down on the work to cap for saving money on the cost of insulin. So many Michiganders struggle with this. My mother's side of the family, so many people in my family have struggled to afford insulin costs that have only went up over the last several generations. And to have this Congress and this administration focus on 
capping those out-of-pocket drug costs, Medicare beneficiaries, so nobody can go bankrupt to be healthy. This makes a tremendous difference for our families, for people's well-being, for better health outcomes for Michiganders. And ultimately, that's what we're all about, creating the conditions for people to be safe, to be healthy, and to be successful. And all of this happened without raising taxes, one single red cent on any families making less than $400,000 a year. This reduced the deficit by hundreds of billions of dollars, cracked down on tax evasion and people who are cheating on their taxes, especially these big companies that don't pay their fair share. Now, I want to go back to how I started. All of these benefits that we've described, that the Congresswomen articulated and that I've laid out that have been seen in the state of Michigan, that happened because Democrats stood tall and voted for it. Republicans continue to stand in the way of progress, not only of the president and the vice president's agenda, but of the good work that Democratic members of Congress are working to move through the process. They've worked to try to stymie and stall and stifle this agenda at every turn. And that included rejection of the Inflation Reduction Act. Every single Republican member of Congress, that means all the ones who are Republicans in Michigan who are still in Congress, they voted against it. So while we see this at the federal level, this level of obstruction, that is intolerable when it comes to building a state and a nation that is positioned to have our country lead in the future, we know who's on the side of right, and that is the Democrats. We've seen this in Michigan at the state level. We know what's at stake in this election. We've seen that when we worked to fight for a historic budget to lower costs in Michigan families, we saw Republicans stand up and say no and complain about it. When we looked for funding our schools, when we looked for making sure that every kid could eat in that free lunch and free breakfast in the state of Michigan, saving families money and positioning children to be healthy, positioning children not to be hungry at school, thanks to, the, again, the partnership and resources, we've seen Republicans say no. There's one party that's standing for progress here in the state of Michigan and across the country, and that is the Democratic Party. And the Inflation Reduction Act is one of the clearest illustrations of what it looks like when a presidential administration works with Congress and work with state level leaders who work with local leaders to create the kind of opportunity that we need to move our country forward. All of us, not just the 1% and the wealthiest, but those who are doing the hard work of making life better every single day. So we're proud to stand tall alongside all of you, Governor Whitmer and I, and we appreciate the progress that we have made thus far and are excited about what we can do tomorrow together for the next year and beyond. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to repeat my opening admonition. There's a huge difference between the two political parties. The stakes of the 2024 election could not be higher. While Republicans descend into MAGA chaos and have no plan to help Michiganders, Democrats from President Biden to our leaders in Congress and at the state legislature are fighting tooth and nail to ensure that we build a brighter future for everyone across the state. That's our challenge for the next 16 months to let people know about that difference. It will require persistence from each of us. That's our report for this week. One thing you can do to help spread the word of how Michigan Democrats are moving Michigan forward, share the podcast with like-minded friends and neighbors. I'm Lavora Barnes. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Party on the Peninsula is as a production of the Michigan Democratic Party.